Hey now. Hey now. How's everybody doing tonight, today, this morning? Whenever you listen to this, welcome back to uh, 74. Two two dudes and some bullshit. I'm just kidding. It's not ours. Yeah. Episode 74 of uh, who knows what the fuck this is. At the time of recording this, I have no idea what the title of this is going to be. And um, probably just going to talk. And just talk about a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. the people like that, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah. A lot of our more, a lot of our most watched episodes, it seemed like, come from the uh, bullshit format. So <laughs> we should specialize in the bullshit format. Yeah, we should probably just keep doing this. We need PhDs in bullshit. I, I would say some would argue that we have PhDs in that. But yeah, well, where are we going tonight, Nick? Well, I mean, it is almost Thanksgiving, so we're going to have to touch on Thanksgiving. We're going to have to talk about that. I would assume you'd probably put this out Wednesday because of Thanksgiving, unless you had other things planned on your channel. But regardless, let's come out tomorrow. All right. So so we'll definitely touch on some Thanksgiving for you guys. Sure. Um, also. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I was I was catching you and Brandon yesterday and, and listening to some of the discourse. Um, and there's always a lot to talk about in the horror world. I mean, come on, there's 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 always a lot to bitch about. I've got, I've got an announcement. Uh, this caught Christian by surprise, um, but he uh, he has to be a part of it. <laughs> We're going to. Uh, my buddy Mike, uh, Death Punch seventy. Um, he he listens to the podcast, and uh, he uh, <clears throat> he wants us to watch Black Christmas twenty nineteen, and he uh, he sent in a very many generous super chats tonight to make that happen. So, uh, with the caveat that he doesn't want us to be nice to it, which is good because I won't be. I can't be. The movie's terrible. Um, and he wants alcohol to be involved. And I told him yes on both accounts. So I cannot wait to get drunk and trash that turd of a movie next month at some point. I'm I'm actually excited for it. It'll be the last time I ever watch it in my life. Um, Don't say that. No, it, it will be. Uh, I watched it one time. I hated it. Um, I'm sure I'll hate it just as much, if not more so. But, you know, so that's fun. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> Have you only watched it one time? I think once at least. I, I bought it. I bought it out of sheer curiosity. I was like, I, I gotta. I didn't go to the theater to see it, but I was like, you know what? I actually, I've got to see this. I have to just to see what it, if it's really that bad. And uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's crazy because one of Sydney's favorite actors, isn't it? The uh, uh, boots. Yeah, the Princess Bride dude. Oh no, Carrie Elways, yeah. Carrie Elways is in it. Dr. And Gordon. um yeah, Dr. Gordon. It is just it's so blatantly pathetic at what it's trying to do and say. It, it it's just insulting. Absolutely insulting. And uh that like that movie is why I'll never I'll never just like like Jason Blum is always going to have a stain to me 
because he, like, I can't believe he actually produced it and was in charge of getting that movie made and just being like, God, we, 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 this is, it's, it's just pathetic. Nobody liked it. Nobody went to the theater to see it. And I think the director even went out on the internet and was just like, eh, well, you're not my audience. You're not my audience. You're not my audience. I don't care what you think. I'm, I'm worried about what the 14 year old girl thinks about this movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it tanked uh, critically and commercially and I, it couldn't have happened to a worse film. I'm, I'm, I'm so, you couldn't have so to do a better sick. film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Cause it's yeah. just a fucking train wreck. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, it, it, it is what it is. It's all in good fun. I mean, we watched Hobgoblins, you know, it's like, Hobgoblins is better than Black Christmas 2019. I would say so, simply just for the cars and the absolutely amazing puppet effects. I mean, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, so that, that's cool. I mean, while we're, you know, while we're kind of sort of, uh, in that realm, you, we, we mentioned Carrie Elways. Did you see that picture of our boy Tobin Bell on set of Saul 10? No, I didn't. Yeah. Where'd yeah, you there see was that? Behind the scenes photo on Twitter a few days ago. He's sitting on a park bench talking to a kid uh, and it's uh, behind the scenes of Saul 10. Yeah. Oh, shit. So this is, I guess, timeline wise, it's hard to say since they all kind of are all over the place, but actually all of them are canon. What am I saying? I was going to say this is going back to the original canon, but technically spirals canon too, which just, yeah. Um, Wow, man. If this is Saw 10, how is he alive? <laughs> uh, from what I... This has not been confirmed by anybody, just by people, you know, I think Variety reported it months ago, and then some uh, some scoopers have followed up with it, and it basically, like, that um, this takes place between two and three. Okay. Um, so, uh, which is honestly, I think, a really good place to go because like you see him at the end of two he gets his ass beat but then you jump to three and he's on his deathbed so it's like what happened in all that time man like holy shit so yeah that's cool um well we saw a little bit of that though right didn't we see a little bit of that with like as the movies went on yeah yeah wasn't i i always assumed no never mind six wasn't that because when he was seeing the doctor that was before he got into the heap of his tricks and trades from two yeah so um, I would assume so anyway. Well, that'd be interesting. I'm always down for more Saw, man. I'm lo- I love Saw. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the same. Spiral wasn't the same. Uh, and and I'm not a big fan of Jigsaw at all. It's my least favorite Saw movie. And I mean, he's in it, but he gets one scene, and it's just kind of like so. It's I don't know. I feel like it's it's. I mean, you need him. Like, you need him if you're going to do a Saw movie. I mean, I respect that Spiral wanted to do something completely different and try to maybe breathe new life into the series because Tobin Bell is getting older. So it's like, well, that way we don't need him for every movie. But at the same time, it's like, nah, you need him. You, you, you need him. Let's just call it like it is because that Kermit the Frog sound and fucking voice and Spiral didn't do it for me. Just did not do it for me at But all. the pig? You like the pig? I didn't like the voice. It, was, it sounded like remember- Kermit the Frog. It was a yeah. It was a it was yeah. It was different. I like the pig. The thing you know, Trick or Treat Studios making like a replica of that. It's like a hundred dollars yeah. though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that Spiral got it got the fairest shake because it was like one of the. Wasn't that one of the tester movies in theaters post COVID? Like it yeah, was fairly early. 
you know. Yep, they they were trying to see if if theaters were viable again yet, so they threw that one out into the fire and they said, "Hey, if theaters are viable again, then you'll make some money, right? Cuz you're a Saw movie." And it's like, "Yes and no." I mean, it made 40 million worldwide. The budget was 20 million. So at the end of the day, they probably just broke even. They didn't lose any money. They didn't make any money. Um, right. But still, I mean, it just didn't capture like yeah you, you the marketplace was obviously what it was given where we were but it was also just kind of like i mean like it's not the same though like you're selling it as a saw movie but we know it's not a saw movie so mm. it's you know i'm trying to remember the interesting thing about spiral now that i think about it is i'm trying to remember the you know because a lot of the films is memorable traps and I'm trying to really think it's been a while since I saw Spiral, but I don't recall that having the most memorable traps. I guess the only thing that sticks out is that dude in the train tracks in the beginning. Yeah, no, I, that's not the one I think of though, man. I think of the finger trap. The where remind like me what that his, is. He's got like his every each finger is like uh restrained and it's like he's sitting in that uh tub of water or whatever and like he's gonna get electrocuted if he doesn't like i think he has to like let it pull his fingers off uh to release him before like the wire hits the water and electrocutes him in the tub that he's in but he like obviously i and and he had he's biting onto something to keep it from uh to keep it from coming down and touching the water i'm trying to remember exactly but as his fingers are getting pulled off he obviously is screaming so he lets go of what he's biting onto and it gets closer and closer and he eventually just gets electrocuted but i remember because i was like holy fuck that would suck like your all your fingers like the only way to survive that trap is to literally like just have two stumps like pretty much for the rest of your life and like is it worth it yeah i guess i I need to rewatch it then yeah, oh, wow. Aside from that, no, you're you're not wrong. They're they're they I don't know. I I'm feel like I don't I'm just saying I don't remember much. Like I just really don't remember I didn't I didn't remember that one having the most memorable kills from the series for sure. You know, which it probably should have to have gotten a better reception, quite frankly. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, coulda shoulda woulda, but it didn't. Uh and we got what we got, and again, like I said, I'll always give them props for trying something new, but uh, new doesn't always mean good. Um, and we've, we've seen that uh, plenty of times in this, uh, this year genre that we like to talk about. So yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I don't know. I guess let's start this off and like, I mean, don't be basic, you know, cause you know, the basic answer, everybody knows the basic answer, you know, Oh, it's the quintessential thing. I'm going to ask you what's your favorite, thing like food item for thanksgiving like favorite one gotta have it it's not thanksgiving dinner without this dude i'm pretty basic and i'm a picky eater if i'm being dead ass uh i love the macaroni and cheese my grandma makes but i'm working this year dude i can't even eat thanksgiving dinner but uh, it's thank it's the macaroni and che- it's baked macaroni and cheese, and I always get the turkey leg, which I'm gonna go to my parents' house after I get off work to mo- Thursday and go get it. But save me one of the turkey legs, macaroni and cheese, and I just douse it in brown gravy. Douse it, yeah, put a little to. salt and pepper. Yeah. I'm good to. That's all mm-hmm. I need, dude. And then I get pumpkin pie mm-hmm. after that. 
Pumpkin oh, yeah. pie is my dessert. I love that. That's but that's me. I'm very basic. I don't touch that crap that come. You know that yam thing? It like when people pull it out of the candied can, yams. Yeah, dude, you can that. see the ridges from the can. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't deal with any of that stuff, man. I'm very, very, very simple. What I miss is back in high school eating dinner, and then we'd all take all the Black Friday magazines and stuff from the newspapers. We we'd flip through them to look for stuff now everybody's already gone to the stores and stuff now to do that but that's what i that's what the, i miss that quite frankly but no that's all it is dude baked macaroni i need a big heap into that turkey leg and some gravy and i'm 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 set yeah i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty basic too like i eat the rolls i eat corn i eat mashed potatoes i eat mac and cheese if my mom is you know if i'm having it with my mom because she makes homemade mac and cheese that's really good and then obviously the turkey and i douse that son of a bitch and gravy and 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 i go to and salt yeah i don't give a shit and uh, <laughs> i go to town but i am someone that does like cranberry sauce surprisingly i do i do like cranberry sauce but i'll tell you one thing i don't like don't you come near me with stuffing you nasty motherfuckers and don't come near me with sweet potatoes either because you're fucking disgusting like and if you what like you, it more power what, to you but, what do you do with cranberry sauce do you put it on something you just eat it i just eat it but you can you can mix it with other things like a lot of people will do that a, a lot of people in this country man uh, on thanksgiving when they get a plate of shit they just mix all that shit together it just becomes like thanksgiving soup like I, I don't gag thinking about that. I know I don't do that personally. I like I I could not do that, but I know a lot of people do that, and it works for them. I mean, you know. Oh God. And we used to watch football. We still do watch football. They're never good games, though. They never are. It's always a blowout. Isn't it just the Lions getting their ass whipped every year? Yeah, the Lions usually get their ass whipped every year, and the Cowboys usually get their ass whipped every year. Thanksgiving's a cool holiday, I guess. I mean, it's not on the level of, like, Halloween or Christmas or anything like that because, like, it's literally just an excuse for us to, like, eat a bunch of food <clears throat> and then feel like absolute shit afterward because, like, you did not do Thanksgiving right if you're not, like, on your couch, like... Half dead. Yeah, like, I want to die. Like, why am I alive right now? So, um... I mean, it's cool, I guess, you know, you know, I'm sure it is some people's favorite holiday. I don't, I don't know. I mean, couldn't be mine, but shit. It's the one time of year. Everybody watches blood rage or any of oh, the horror fans. Anyway, watch blood rage. Um, you know, your next is a movie that I usually watch around this time of year too. It's not a Thanksgiving movie, but it feels perfect for that time of year. So there's got to be others too that I, I just can't think of. But dude, thanks I'm, killing, thanks killing. You know, my dad <laughs> loves that movie. He really does. Like, I unironically love thanks killing. Man, we watched that on uh, Netflix when Netflix used to be the only game in town. So, like, if you wanted your movie out there, you got it on Netflix. And we yeah. watched it. My dad loved it. Just loved it. Uh, then we watched Thanks Killing Three, which I haven't found many people that have watched that. There is no two. They skip their own sequel. Thanksgiving three is the turkey trying to destroy every copy of Thanksgiving two on DVD. Uh, that's what the <laughs> it, it's it's stupid. It's not stupid in the way the first one is. The first one people make fun of it, but like it's fun to watch. The third one is just a little pretentious. But most people haven't seen that. Most people don't even know they made a third one. But yeah, there's a third Thanksgiving, which is technically the second one. 
because they skipped their own sequel. So stick with the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, so you know, there's there's other. I mean, so obviously to all you guys listening, uh, I hope you guys have a, a great Thanksgiving. I, I, you know, I hope you eat a lot of good food and spend time with friends or family or or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, do your thing and uh, do it right. Um, yeah, a movie just came out on physical media, Christian. Uh, <laughs> one a lot of people were talking about this year. Uh, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. You picked it up yet? Did it come out for real? Yeah. No, dude, I haven't seen it. I wanted, I didn't want to get a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, it just came out. I'll grab it. I was talking to Justin about it today, and he said, uh, you know, and I'm just going to say it. I'm like, don't. Don't say it because I knew what he was going to say. And he goes, I, I like the third one better. And I said, stop, just stop, just, just not, stop. It's, it's not better. It's not better. No, just, just, just stop while you think you're ahead. And, and uh, it, my whole reasoning this whole time, you and I agreed with it. At least the fourth one knew what it was. It was schlocky shit. The yeah. third one actually thought it was saying something. And it's like, no, you're just bad. So yeah, can't, can't do it. Yeah. I'll take the fourth over the third one every day of the week. Yeah, Quite especially with that, the weatherman, you know, God, they're, they're just some incredible special effects. I mean, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> Dude, in the theater, I legitimately just like laughed out my ass off when they threw the like the what was it? Some kind of like the weatherman. Yeah. Yeah. The weatherman off and the CGI was so shitty. It, it almost looked like the weatherman glitched as it was falling. Yeah. And I just like, God damn it, man. This is hysterical. You know, the uh, funny thing is, though, Christian, that movie probably turned a profit. It made over $4 million. The budget was $2 million, So it probably turned a small profit. Good for them. Yeah. I mean. Isn't it crazy, though, how Damien Leone, like, did, like, $10 million? Uh, Terrifier 2 actually passed $11 million. Uh, that's Still in theaters? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I think, last week, uh, and it just passed $11 million, So it went on to do $11 million on a $250,000 budget. That's not shabby at all. <laughs> it's yes. probably going to launch the career of that broad uh, Laura. Lauren Lavera, yeah. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren. Yeah, she's getting a lot of attention on Twitter, I noticed. Oh, yeah, she is. <clears throat> Good for her, though, man. I mean, I got to pre-order the the 4k on from best buy or whatever i know it's coming out soon but good for her she did a good she did a good job yeah, she was a badass I, I really really liked her liked her a lot damon leone's probably gonna get some offers for some stuff soon i, yeah, I would but imagine. you know what though i i think his style is i think his style fits terrifier man i like the grimy kind of grindhouse uh indie movie that those movies are and I, I think that his aesthetic works really well with that and uh i would hate to see a guy that plays in that playground so well not hate to see him get more i want to see him get more opportunities but i want to i don't want to see this guy get you know suckered into doing some big budget tent pole shit because it just doesn't seem like it'd be him we'll see i mean um it, it'd be nice to see him have a little bit more money to see what he could do with it. But at the same time, I get what you're saying. Like, yes, the limitations bring out the best in people. Sometimes they say, you know, what is that expression? When you squeeze a coal, you get a diamond. I mean, I, I get that, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's it's certainly going to be interesting to see what 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 his next step is. Uh, I don't know if he's already made plans with uh, what's it's to do fire three. Oh, you think he's going to jump right into that and not do something else? Yeah, no, I, well, uh, I've listened to a lot of interviews of his, and uh, he's already said that he has Terrifier 3 and 4 pretty much mapped out. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, I think the next thing he does is Terrifier 3. I think, hey, you, you want to ride, you kind of want to ride that wave while it's, while it's fresh, while it's hot. Um, and and uh, clearly he's got a passion for it. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I think that Terrifier 2 – absolutely made that man a millionaire um at, at this point i mean just with merch alone convention appearances press all that kind of stuff let alone the success of the movie yeah that that movie he's eating a lot better than he has at any point in his life right now and good for him because you can tell both of those movies were a labor of love and it's nice to see it get some recognition from like the mainstream that's that's pretty cool yeah, Howard Stern was talking about Terrifier too. When you take a ham sandwich budget like that, dude, and you disrupt the movie business, that's pretty insane. You know. So God Terrifier bless you. Got, it got more press than you know Halloween ends. It seemed like. I mean that that was the movie this year. You know that was the movie that people were talking about. Obviously, more people went and saw Halloween ends and, and movies like that because they're you know big budget major studio releases, but. You weren't hearing them talked about like Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2 was everywhere. Um, you know, uh, for better or worse, because it was everywhere also because, you know, there was a bunch of people openly, very outwardly against it, which is so fucking stupid. Like, a movie exists that you don't agree with its content. I mean, we talked about this last week. Don't fucking watch it. Mm. God damn. Like, yeah. I don't know. I wish I would have saw somebody gagging and throwing up at my theater, though. That'd have been funny. Uh, my theater had a very audible reaction to the uh, dude's dick getting cut off. That that got a reaction out of my theater. That was awesome. My favorite scene in that movie, even though I've only seen it the one time, is definitely the broad who gets like her head ripped off, her scalp ripped off, and he starts pouring salt oh, yeah. on her. Oh yeah, that I was ingenious. Her- I think her name's Allie. Oh, it wasn't just salt either. He poured bleach on her, dude. Right. He was like, I mean, oh God. That yeah, that uh Damien Leone talked about how um uh he talked about how after the first movie, the idea was, you know, basically we shouldn't make a terrifier two if we can't one up the hacksaw scene. And he said the Allie's bedroom scene was one-upping the hacksaw scene. And uh, I'd have to agree, man, because I watched the hacksaw scene when I watched Terrifier, and I thought, holy shit, that's depraved. But then when I watched the bedroom scene in Terrifier 2, it just keeps going and gets worse and worse. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? I would say it topped it. I would. Mm, Yeah, for sure, which makes me wonder – the fuck are they going to do for an up the third one? Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, they're going to have a bigger budget this time too. I'd, but I'd say I, I still think he would keep the budget under a million. I really do. Um, and I think they should two hundred fifty thousand dollars. The movie looked great. I mean, you don't need much more than that uh, for what he's doing, at least. But yeah, I would have to assume this third one is going to remain an indie film. I mean, although it was successful and talked about a lot, 
I don't think a major studio is going to come near it. And if they do, Damien should stand his ground and be like, all right, if you want to be a part of this and finance it, that's fine. But you have to know this is not going to get a rating from the MPAA. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. So Terrifier 2 was not rated, right? There's no nope. way. Not rated. That's interesting. That's why it was such a big deal that as it continued to gain press and momentum that it got expanded into over a thousand theaters. Right. And I was talking, I was talking to Brad from uh, bloody disgusting about that. Cause obviously they were behind that machine as well. And Brad was like, yeah, it's unheard of. You don't get unrated movies in 1000 plus theaters nationwide. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah. And the only you reason you can't market and, and you can't preview and market X rated movies. No. And a lot of theaters, theaters in the country won't take on, unrated movies they will not take them on they're like nope we're not doing that but the reason that so many theaters wanted to take it on is because they saw it making money and they were like well yeah this is normally against our code but if it's going to make us money we should do it so that was kind of like the rule of thumb and hey I'm, it worked for them i mean i saw it opening night you saw it we saw it the same night first night it came out my theater was almost sold out i mean it was yeah yeah, that was remarkable, man. It, it just you kind of you got sometimes you you don't realize like how many horror fans there are until you go to your theater and like the when I go in there I see nothing but people in horror movie t-shirts and some guys actually had Terrifier shirts on. I'm like, "Wow. This is incredible." You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw a couple of Terrifier shirts as well, and I got to say I mean, I know other people have said this, but like, I, I really do think we need to like realize, you know, recognize the moment. I genuinely do believe that we are uh, in the midst. You gonna make me on, dude? It's contagious. Dude, I know. I, my God, I keep <laughs> long day for me um, too, dude. Yeah, but I think we really are in the midst of like a new horror icon being born. Like, right oh, without question, without yeah. question. Yeah, arts from now he'll be on the level. Well, he might not be on the level, but he'll be in the conversation with people like Michael and Freddie and Jason and stuff because they're going to make many sequels. And art is awesome. I was going to say, if you wanted to get on that level, you gotta keep making them. One or two movies ain't enough. No. You'd have to keep making them. You know. Well, like I said, Leone said he has four mapped out already. Three and four mapped out, and then someone asked Jesus him. Christ. Yeah, someone asked him like, "Hey." uh, you know, would four be your last one then? Is that where the story ends? And he was like, oh, no, that's just all I have right now. Like, that doesn't mean that would be it. So, and it, if it continues to be successful, you could see, wouldn't it be fucking wild too, Christian, to see a direct, a writer and director make every film in the series? Like, yeah, that'd be remarkable. Uh, unheard of. I can't recall anything doing that before, especially nothing of, big status whereas the same director no that'd be awesome are you kidding me Wes Craven with the first four screen movies and I'm sure if he was still alive he would have done the fifth one but if you know if Leone does five Terrifier movies I think he's got it in the back Coscarelli I guess technically Coscarelli's got five Phantasm movies but you know that's kind of unheard of to know that Coscarelli did all five of those movies you, you don't see that ever I mean James Wan did the first two Conjuring movies and he was done. He was like, yeah, I'll serve as producer, co-writer, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm done behind the chair because these directors really don't want to get pigeonholed into that. And I get that. But someone like Leone, no, this is his baby. He created it. 
So mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, no, I want to see this through. Like this wasn't a script someone brought to him and asked him to shoot. No, this was his. So, yeah. Speaking of James Wan, what's up with this James Wan Blumhouse thing? It looks like James Wan's, what is James Wan's company's name? Oh, don't ask me. They did uh, Malignant. Uh Whatever his company, his own production company, though, right? Like yes. his, his his team of people that he does to make his movies. Yeah, it's his production house. They're basically in deep talks to merge with Blumhouse, which I don't know why people were saying it's such a big deal. I really don't see it as a big deal because I feel like Blumhouse is involved in a lot of James Wan's movies already, and. I don't think it brings anything new to Blumhouse or to James Wan for that matter. Blumhouse is really known for their paranormal. That's mm-hmm. kind of where they, they kicked off. And James Wan, that's his wheelhouse. So I don't really know how big of a deal that actually is. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm like, it's cool. Like, you know, good for them. Uh, it, it helps both of them, I'm sure, financially and helps them grow. But I don't think it's really going to change the output of either entity. So. What does it bring to the table, though, in terms of intellectual properties and and and, and product? Because that's what I was wondering about. Or is this just is this just a way for James? I figure this is something James Wan probably wants to do more so than Blum, if I had to guess. Because I feel like this would just give him more resources. If yeah, if, you know what I mean. I think it gives him more freedom too. Uh, don't be surprised if the reason they're doing this is for another malignant. Um, if that's one of the driving forces, because from what I had been told, James Wan had an idea for a sequel to Malignant. He was actually super proud of Malignant. Like he, he was very proud As of he it. should be. Yeah, I agree. And, um, it's an original there, fucking idea. I love it. And it was batshit bonkers. Awesome. And, uh, you know, the, everybody on board wanted to come back, but Warner brothers, since, since it pretty much just made its budget back, it definitely didn't make them any money. Uh, you know, because it did the day and date bullshit. Um, mm, there you go. Yep, Warner Brothers was like, oh, we don't really have interest in this. But if James Wan has more of a stake in it with his production company, he could pro- he could feasibly, if he merges with Blumhouse, then get Blumhouse's financing to do a sequel. Um, if it is his IP, so um, that could definitely be a driving force because. I, that got missed a lot, man. That got missed a lot by a lot of people when Malignant came out and, and the press leading up to and after the movie coming out. How just like genuinely proud of that movie James Wan was. Like he he swung for the fucking fences, dude. Like he he was known for, as I said, you know, these paranormal ghost stories and stuff like that. And then he comes out with this like action slasher and people are like, what the fuck? And like, I loved it. I know you loved it. I watched it when it came out and I remember, you know, uh, my brother and my wife were both like, huh? Yeah. I'm not into that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That movie ruled like, yeah. So I, I hope, I hope that's, you know, a driving force behind it. I don't understand. I mean, while we're on the topic, let's just talk about it. I mean, what the fuck is Blumhouse doing, man? Like James Blum, we've talked about it. We got our issues with James Blum. Jason, Jason, what the fuck? (laughs) James Blum. (laughs) That's that. That is how fried my brain is right now. We've got our issues with Jason Blum. I think it was because James Wan. That's James Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
we got our issues with him and, and Blumhouse as a whole, but like, I feel like they don't know a good thing when they got it. Like they really don't like, they just had their Halloween trilogy, make them 500 billion. And like, I am totally cool with them being done with Halloween, but I was very surprised to see Jason Blum just be like, yeah, that's cool. That's it. That's all we're doing. I'm like, okay. Um, walk away from money. Sure. Uh, sounds like a good idea. We'll see how well that does for you. And then like, don't even get me started on banging the drum about the uh, Happy Death Day movies. Both of them were very successful, and Christopher Landon had it mapped out as a trilogy, and they just never greenlit the third one. Um, right. Paranormal Activity used to be a cash cow, and they make a new movie for the first time in years, and they're like, let's just put it on Paramount Plus, not put it in theaters. I mean, like, like what are you doing? Like, successful IP that you have, that you're just kind of like fumbling the ball, like with, like, like what are you doing? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I think they, they hedge their bets and look at trajectories and they just decide, let's just stop now and cut our losses. Like it's very, it's it, it like with happy death day. I think that they, it, it, it it's not so much that it, it's, it, it was profitable, but I think it didn't reach the expectations that they probably wanted. And that's real. They were just like, eh, let's yeah, move but on. It, but isn't that crazy? Cause if the first one had come out and did, but the second one did like 67 million on like a $9 million budget, I think, which right. more than profitable. They made quite a bit of money off that. If the first one had done that, they would have immediately greenlit a sequel, like immediately. But it was cause the first one made 125 and it's like, right. yeah, but that's lightning in a bottle. You only catch lightning in a bottle once like Halloween 2018. Perfect example. Kills and ends were profitable, but you're not going to get the one that just bursts onto the scene every time. And that's okay. Like sequels, it's a rule diminishing returns. Like it just happens. Like, you know, you always get diminishing returns, but as long as you keep the budget down and you're still turning a healthy profit and you have stories to tell, I don't know why you'd stop. Like, I just don't see what you have to lose. Can you imagine Christian going up to the fucking, you know, putting $9 on, you know, 32 black at the casino and, and you win $67 from it. Can you imagine just, I mean, well, yeah, you can as a, you know, for us, you know, you probably be like, okay, I'm done. Like I, I made a lot of money off that. But like as someone like Jason Blum with tens of millions of dollars behind him, hundreds of millions with it, with Blumhouse being like, all right, yeah, I'm cool on that. I'm done with that. It's like, but, but why? Yeah, that'd be I, I'd that'd be something I'd like to hear him talk about because, <clears throat> yeah, to me it doesn't make sense. And with Halloween, I kinda can see it. I guess I I don't know. I I think the the question of how successful they would be with anything theatrical at this point, uh without Jamie Lee would be a big gamble. And I don't think that's a gamble that he probably wants to take anymore. Um, no, you know, so I can kind of understand Halloween, but, uh, the, with paranormal activity, didn't they say that they're making another one? There, there was a press release a couple months ago that came out about it. And Jason Blum actually refuted it and was like, that's not true. Like we, I don't know where the, I, I think it was deadline or somebody that reported it. And Jason Blum 
I think Christopher Landon too, he spoke on it too. Cause he did uh next of kin and he was right. like, no, there's nothing in the works. Like there, I don't know what these people, what the trades are talking about. There's nothing in the works. And, mm -hmm. uh, that's when Jason Blum gave that interview that pissed a lot of people off a few months ago when he was like, Oh no, we're not doing any paranormal activities right now. Did you see the last one? That one was terrible. And idiot. then it Absolute got idiot. Yeah. And then it got Christopher Landon pissed off. And I think that's another reason why happy death day three hasn't happened. Cause Jason Blum has talked about it many times that like, all oh, stay tuned. I got news on that. I got news on that. And uh, then he stopped talking about it recently. And I think, I, I think personally Landon and Blumhouse had a falling out. I really do. Um, and I don't blame Christopher Landon, dude. I really don't. I mean, he shit on his Paranormal Activity movie. That was their decision to put on Paramount Plus, not his decision. Like, he's the, just the director. They pulled the plug on his Happy Death Day trilogy um, after they had pretty much already promised him the trilogy. Um, and then Freaky. Yeah, we've already talked about this. And then Freaky. They put that day and date and it, you know, doesn't make any money, even though it was, I thought it was a really solid movie. I thought it was a fun movie. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just kind of like that's three strikes and you're out, I guess. I mean, they've burned Christopher Landon multiple times now. I don't blame him if he's like, fuck this, dude, I'm done. Like, I, I don't want to work with you anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, the plan I just, had. I can't understand a, a, a studio runner like him shitting on a movie that he produced ever like who does that you always save face you always like just to, for him to disrespect landon like that in an interview so petty and he's full of shit i'm sorry because you know next of kin is i think a damn good found footage film and at least better than a number of those paranormal activity movies so he's four. just full of shit dude the, the 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 sequences where the girl and the guys are like getting drug up from the cave and that whole deal is so crazily like it's so suspenseful and great i loved it i i think next skin is a, it's just a pretty damn good found footage movie and for him to just say it's terrible for him to say that not not necessarily even not even necessarily to say that he doesn't like it or that he thinks it's bad but for him to say that the the owner of blumhouse what are you doing like, are you, what are you doing, man? What's wrong yeah. with you? I just, I can't, I can't understand it. it, it it's, it's your, it's got to be his own hubris, man. I mean, when you get to the point to where he's at, he can, it's easy for him to look at one of his movies that wasn't very successful and shit on it because he's like, oh yeah, well the public didn't receive this very well. So why don't I just like dump on it too? You know, who cares? I, I didn't lose anything on it. I'm still a multimillionaire. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. That movie sucked. Right. Yeah. It sucked. Totally sucked. Yeah. But it's like, I couldn't imagine getting to that point because like, although we have to understand that Blum is probably more detached than we would most would really think like, yeah, it's his production company, but at this point they pump out so much, so much content. He's probably just, he's hardly involved in any of it. I mean, he was involved in Halloween because he knew that was their golden goose, like for sure. But, you know, a lot of these movies, he's just like, sure, here, you know, here's the financing for it. If it does well, cool. If not, I, you know, no skin off my back, basically. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the I know that recently it's been talked about and shopped around the idea of uh, Freaky Death Day having freaky and happy death day merge. Um, and Christopher Landon wants to do that. And 
I think both of those movies would work perfect in the same universe. They have a very similar tone and stuff. So like, I don't know. I hope Blumhouse does it. I, it's another thing too, dude. Sinister. They just, they had a great burgeoning, you know, franchise on their hands and it just stopped abruptly after two movies. Like, tell me a more interesting, a more interesting villain in recent times than Big Ghoul. Like that's such a cool villain. Those were good movies. I really like both of them. Yeah. To be honest with you, I uh, Ethan Hawke's usually very hit and miss with me, but I, I did like him in those. Um, yeah, and they, they had talked about merging Insidious and Sinister as well. They were going to do it was going to be called Insinister. Oh, and that was that to was me. A real it's getting thing. a little silly though. I mean, I know, I know, <laughs> but I gotta say again, just like Freaky and Happy Death Day, I do feel like the Insidious and the Sinister movies could work well in the same universe. Like they really could. It, it's not that far fetched. They're both paranormal stories and in, involving children mostly. So like. <laughs> Dude, remind me about Insidious. I remember the first movie. What the hell? How many are? How many? Ins I get Insidious. I remember Insidious, and I remember Insidious: The Last Key, which was which, a fucking banger. Yeah, I did like that one. That was the one that really revolved around uh, Lin Shay, right? Yep, and the keyhole demon. I fucking love that demon, dude. I like so cool. I like that, and I think Insidious Two wasn't it the husband and wife again. Yeah, and it was uh, the the bride in black um, that ended up being the dude, the dude. The dude. Yeah, and then dresser. Yep, Insidious <laughs> Chapter Three was the uh, the man with the breathing apparatus. Um, the chick gets hit by the fucking car, and she's like, ah, uh, it up the whole movie. Yeah, dude, it's been a while since I saw those. Like, I, I saw them all, but I remember liking Insidious Two. And I don't remember much from three, but I remember liking the last key, which I have because mm -hmm. I love Lynn Shea, who doesn't, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, she was so vital to those movies, I think. She, I think, as an audience member, because I, I remember being at the theater seeing Insidious, and people were on edge in that, in that movie theater because there hadn't been a movie like that come out for a little while. And I remember when she shows up in the movie, like the audience was so happy to have her because she'd like made everybody relax a little bit especially when you get her in the beginning of the, the movie when she's knocking on the door and then she laughs because she thought she hit the doorbell or something and yeah she was great in those movies and she's kind of like the i guess like the grandma that makes everything all right but i loved her i loved her in those movies so much i, I would yeah. like to see more lynn shea was in um the grudge movie that came yeah, out yeah yeah and and that movie sucked balls um but she but was cool in it i remember her scenes was. were her she's scenes were her fingers cool. off bro she's in the they were cutting yeah. her fucking fingers off yeah um, i think i think the problem with the grudge was the trailer was phenomenal i was so excited for the grudge quite because the trailer like they they made they put out a fantastic trailer for the movie but uh, it was too much of like this crime thing. And I, I feel like the time jumping was a little annoying. I think we should have stayed in the house with that dad more. And it was a little all over the place. It didn't, I didn't feel much of it. I didn't feel an identity from the grudge that I was hoping to, cause I was excited for the grudge. Yeah. They still haven't done that property right here in America. I thought I liked the grudge from Oh four. When I was a kid, I went back and watched it like two years ago and I was like, wow, this is pretty bad. Like, and like, 
I mean, you know, I'm sure there are still some people that really enjoy it. And part of that is probably nostalgia for sure, because that's what it was for me. But that's why I went back and rewatched it. And I was like, this is not very good. Um, I'll stick with the American ring. Oh, yeah. The ring is fantastic. Uh, that's another move that, God, dude, they shit the bed on that one, too. The ring, too, sucked balls. And rings was awful. I mean, awful. Yeah. And, and and it's a shame that Rings is now famously the movie that caused Friday the Thirteenth to die. I mean, if yep. we if we had known that, we all would have went to the theater to see it. <laughs> yeah, but and dude, the the craziest thing about Rings was it starts off really promising. It, it does. It Samara does. Samara coming through the screens on an airplane—that's fucking awesome. And then it's just like what is happening it, yeah it, it, it didn't it didn't work that well um i was gonna say it's kind of switching gears lately but i've been listening to this podcast i really really love i think you'd like it but odds are you probably you seem to be more well versed in the podcast world it's called inside of you with michael rosenbaum are you familiar with him i am not He's an actor that was a he's an actor that was I think he was on Dawson's Creek for many years or something but his podcast is sensational. Uh he's a massive horror movie fan. So if you watch his YouTube videos you'll get hooked right away. I know you will. You'll be like, "Oh my god, this is great." His studio where he records, he has the original Return of Living Dead poster on the wall, the original Fright Night poster on the wall, and he interviews a lot of great guests, actors, horror movie actors. He had Chris Sarandon on a few weeks ago from Friday night, obviously yeah. he had, then he had Tom Holland, the director on, and that was amazing. And he had an amazing interview with Michael Anthony hall for Halloween kills last year when that came out, uh, check it out. It's called the inside of you, but it's so good. And he's a big horror movie fan. So, uh, he gets great horror movie guests. The, the reason I found him is cause he got Jensen Knackles on there to talk about supernatural and, uh, he also had Padalecki on there, which was great to listen to. But that's how I f- initially found him was I wanted to find out what Jensen was up to and all that stuff when Supernatural ended. And then his stuff kept popping up on me. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's a massive horror fan. So I started watching the videos of his studio. And it's remarkable how awesome his setup is and the beautiful posters. And yeah, so he just had he just had Tom Holland, the director from Fright Night on. It was so, and he talked about child's play and all that and such good interviews and his setup is great it's great to watch his show on tv so yeah check that out man it's a it's become my favorite podcast i listen to now it's funny you mentioned that because similarly there's a there's a bloody disgusting podcast called the boo crew that i dig the shit out of they get whatever new movie or horror movie or tv show that's coming out they always have like the director or the lead actor you know on the show and they mm. do interviews and like i've gone down the list of listening to stuff they had an episode with mike flanagan and kate seagal talking about midnight mass and they had an episode with uh david howard thornton who's art the clown and damian leone talking about terrifier 2 they just they've been doing it for years and there's just so much content and most of their episodes are like an hour hour and a half i mean these are in-depth interviews that the episode with Damian Leone and David Howard Thornton is awesome. It's almost like two hours long, and they just talk about Terrifier, Terrifier 2, Terrifier 3, like a bunch of behind-the-scenes info. It's just – it's awesome. Like it's 
how do we do we how do we get these people there has to be another there has to be a way that doesn't involve us doing cameos and paying money how do we do it we've got to figure i mean i love doing our shows like this this is my favorite thing for us to do but you know damn well we want to get these people because you know we listen to these interviews all, all the time and i think gary tonnercliffe was probably one of the best ones we ever did but we'd listen to these interviews and we say to ourselves why didn't they ask about this why didn't they ask about that and it's like no disrespect to people and I have, i'm not talking about the the boo crew i'm sure they're great i haven't listened to them but we've listened to interviews from podcasts and stuff and you know damn well deep in your in your gut you say to yourself i could have done a better job i would have gotten to the psyche How, you know james Drew courtney be honest with me. How did you feel when you read that damn script for Halloween ends? You just tell me, because if I was you, I'd have been like, what the fuck is this? Like, I want to talk to him and ask him. And I, I need to email that email again. I have, by the way, but you know what I mean? It's like, we got to get these people. Cause I know we would kill it with interviews with these people. Well, I mean, I, I don't mean to, you know, be that guy, but we got to be honest and say, you know, we need help from our audience. Uh, you know, all you guys listening and watching right now, we need your help. That's um, true. It really is true. We need you guys to help get our name out there because this isn't some rinky dink podcast. Like every episode is getting thousands on every platform of listens. Like that's, that's pretty we're good. We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. We're, we're consistent. But the we want to break grows. out of this. We want to break out of this bubble. You know, like we, we, we got to get out of we love you guys as as our loyal listeners every week you guys show up every week but like we need look it let's call it like it is we need people we need more people wearing you need a merch we need more people sharing these on their social media we need more people tagging some of these people in this shit and going you guys should really check this out we need more people when you see tweets like i saw yesterday asking about uh you know comment below a, a great horror podcast you know we need more people doing that it's not that you got you guys aren't doing anything wrong we've just never really explicitly been like hey guys like we need your help on the ground here and we do we need your help we can't we can't do it without you so if you guys want us to get people like scout and danielle and james jude and, and, and all these people you know damien leone i would fucking love to talk to damien leone i would oh, yeah. love to talk to that guy we need your help like we can't do it without you um yeah. So, I mean, get the word out, get the but, word out. And by the way, in, in terms of the merch guys, I literally can't market any low. I don't make a dime from it on Teespring. I have everything listed literally at the cost level. So it's like all the shirts are like 15 bucks. The hoodies, I have a markdown like 22. Where can you get a hoodie for $22? Like it's all marked down so low. I don't get any money from it. So go get our merch for real. Go to the, it's below us on this YouTube video. Go to the yeah, we, store. We don't, we don't get any money from that. That's not, we're not telling you to do that because we're like, Oh yeah. Help, you know, pay our bills. No, it's you guys. Like you got to understand you go to a, you go to start, you start going to horror cons and you start seeing more people wearing, you need a horror podcast stuff when they're meeting celebrities and shit. Celebrities start to see that. that oh, thing, what's that? You know, yeah, what's that? That, yeah. you know, other people, in that con see that maybe they listen to us and they're like oh shit you listen to them too you know you never know what that kind of stuff can do you never know so i mean that's a big reason why we as horror fans buy like horror movie t-shirts and stuff like that right because we want like when we go out what we, yeah we love it but it's nice everybody loves to 
walk around in a Halloween shirt and get someone go like, oh yeah, hell yeah, fuck you know, I love that shit. Like I do. Like it's like it shows me who my people are out in in public. So right. like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not supporting us financially by doing that. You know, you're just supporting us by building our brand because we've been doing it for a year and a half now, and and ever since the first episode. We've gotten at least a thousand listens on on every episode, and like y'all got to think about that. That's we've amassed over a hundred thousand, well over a hundred thousand listens as a podcast. Like it's a big deal. It's a it big is. deal. So like we want to get these people on here too. Believe me, we do. We really do. Um, and we know you guys love these episodes where we just like sit and we bullshit for an hour and a half or whatever. And like we love doing them too. But wouldn't y'all love to sit down and, oh, shit, dude, they got they got this guy on there today? Oh, man, what kind of question? And you know how Christian and I are, too. We're not going to be your typical interviewers where we're just like, so uh, tell us, um, you know, what was it like on set with Jamie Lee Curtis? Like, no, no, that's not that's not what we ask. We're going to ask the weird question. If we had Damien Leone on there, I'd be like, yo, Damien, Damien, cut, tell it to me straight. You initially had that dude's dick getting cut off and getting close up right on the window. And you know, did, did, was he going to try to put it in someone else's mouth? Dick, that's the type of shit we would ask him. And because like we're an unfiltered podcast, we, we are we just like, at this point. I remember when we first started, Christian was like, yeah, you know, trying to, we try to keep it as PG as possible. And a few episodes in Christian's like, oh, fuck that. No, if, if yeah. you're, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, you you've listened to us in enough forums to know that that's just not who we are. So, you know, whatever. Plus, all the best podcasts are like that. I love the thing with two heads, and Chris and Sean are not PG. Like they had with two things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but we. I mean, we need your help, guys. That's that's how, what it boils down to. We need your guys' help. Yeah. When I look back at the show over a year now. I think about some of the best episodes we've done. Well, I say best. What I mean is the most, the episodes I actually enjoy going back and listening to sometimes. Mm -hmm. I got to say one of the ones that will always, that sticks with me till this day was going back and listening to the old YouTube videos. That's one of my favorite ones. Remember when we were counting down for that thing to get to a thousand? I mean, it that move that episode tanked so hard, guys. And we had we were still new, you know, it was one of our first episodes. I thought it was a brilliant concept. It really was, and it was hilarious. We were giving each other a hard time. We were laughing about it. We were having fun. Like those episodes are so fun because like it's so organic, it's so natural. Like it just rolls. Like the, the content is just there for you and you just react to it. Like that stuff is so fun and Christian and I, he would send me updates like every few days, like, oh shit, we broke 900 because like that was an inside joke with us. Like, we had so much fun with this episode. It's not even going to crack a thousand. It did, but it did. It, I'm sure it's doing good. My brother hit me up a few days after that episode. We did the episode and he, he was like, dude, Christian, that was one of the funniest. He listened to it on Spotify and he goes, Christian, that was one of the funniest episodes I've ever, I've ever, uh, funniest podcast I've ever heard. I loved it so much. He's like, it was just so funny listening to all the crazy shit and just, and it was a good one, man. Um, Uncle Jerry, Uncle Jerry, yeah. all that stuff. It was so funny. Your buddy trying to fucking light himself on fire while you're trying <laughs> to talk. Um, 
where you're clearly like, come on, dude, fucking stop. Like it's like, I can tell it's your buddy, but you're clearly like, God damn it, dude. Like that, that's, fucking... that's Dave. He's always been that type of friend, man. He's always been that. He's like the guy that you just like, you can't take him anywhere. And it's just like little insight to that guys. When we were 14 years old, there's an amusement park here in Ohio called Kings Island. And I used to live by it my entire life. I had a season pass every year. And one summer, me, Phil, and Dave and Kyle, we all we would go to Kings Island dozens of times in the summer. And it's like what we did for fun. And we were broke because we were teenagers. And our parents were tired of giving us money all the time because we went to Kings Island all the time. So one time we were like, we're going to steal some pop, like in one of these little stores in here. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it all went great. I put mine in my hat. and Phil put his in his pants. And, you know, we walked out and everything was good. We got caught because Dave just decided to walk out with it in his hand. Just carry it in his hand. Oh, and uh, yeah, so that that's Dave. Like you just you can't bring him anywhere. Um, and Dave, I know he listens to the podcast sometimes. So, you, you know, I love you, Dave. But that, that's just that is how it is. It's unacceptable. And, and I <laughs> and I always felt bad, too. You, you mentioned that specific video where like my reaction, dude, I always felt bad because going back and looking at that, I'm like, man, I really did seem like I was like domineering. You know, I, well, I, kinda dude, did. <laughs> I don't know the guy. And I <laughs> it's just like, dude, you're trying to explain what's going on on this video and he's he's just lighting shit on fire yeah yeah and i mean maybe i was taking a little bit too personal yeah i'm a little too serious like i was like oh yeah dude i'm making this movie man like this is a fucking movie and you were like, a kid you were a yeah kid. I like i get it but i you know so behind the scenes <laughs> no dude you don't even know the lengths we went to for that movie i went to like my local police station in town and I, you know, I would ask, Hey, can we're, I'm going to be filming this movie. Can we shoot on this street or and outside this business, you know, tonight at this time. And like, we got permission from the police. Like every time we wanted to do something like that, there was a scene we did where uh, I lived in this neighborhood and uh, you know, like two streets away. It was, a, it was like a, it was a subdivision. There was just this big ass field that was like half a mile long. And I was like, this would be great for a chase scene. And since it was only like two streets away from my house, I knew we could run a couple extension cords right. out to the field and we could have those construction lamps because uh, Dave's dad's an electrician and he always had those. So I was like, we could run those lamps so we could get lighting on the field and shoot at night for like this chase scene. And like, we thought that would be so cool. And it was, it, it was like, we had asked the cops to do that and um, they agreed. And we even had a police officer like sit at the end of the road, like while we were doing it. Um, and it, which was really fucking cool. Like it felt really cool to do that kind of stuff. Like we really did. We really did think we were making something like really cool. And um, we got a lot of good stuff, man. I really wish it would have come to fruition because right. we, we got a lot of good stuff and, you know, watching it now, I'd probably cringe at some of it, but there was some of it I was really proud of. Mm -hmm. I, I we did an homage to Halloween four where we had the work lamps on the fucking roof in the middle of the night. Mm. And, um, my buddy Lucas was getting chased and like, uh, and we had this whole thing where he got his like leg slashed and he was climbing up the different level. Cause it was one, of, I had one of those roofs and that it was a big ass house where it was like multiple levels. And so like, it was this really like cool sequence, super dangerous. Obviously nobody had any harnesses or anything. And it was fucking, and I wanted it to look like Halloween four. So I sprayed my roof with the hose right before. So it was slick, which was dumb as fuck, but like aesthetically it was awesome. Um, it just, it was really cool. There's some of that stuff you're really proud of. And you look back on, you're like, man, I wish I could have seen the light of day. Mm. Yeah. Well, like they say, man, the youth is wasted on the young. If you had, if your friends would have been as 
into it as you were, maybe you would have been able to get it, get it finished. But like we talked about, man, it's like I, I, I had the wherewithal to know at least when I was making my little things, whatever I do, it's got to be a few minutes and I have to get it done in a day because no way in hell my friends are going to want to come back and, and do more shit. They just I'll wouldn't. Do I was filming an hour and a half movie. Like, I, 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 was. I was. I know I mean, you were. I had a shooting schedule. I had, yeah, we had everything. We had, I had multiple, I wrote the screenplay. Like I, I and I even wrote, I guess it's technically a screenplay and a script. Cause I, I wrote a lot of dialogue, but I also would like on the scene every day would say, or say this or like do this, this isn't in the screenplay or whatever. Um, but I loved where I lived at the time, man. It, it really did. I mean, it was the Midwest. It really looked it and felt like Haddonfield. Like right. it was, it was really cool. I really liked what we were doing. Um, yeah, man. It's. I still have the camera. I just have to get the right. I would have to show you the input. You could tell me what kind of cord I need to charge it again because I mm-hmm. think that some of that footage is still on there, and I'd love to compile it into a video and just like put it on my channel and just be like, "Hey guys, remember this thing like fucking twelve years ago that I was making? Yeah, well, here's." Some of it. Um, My favorite thing from that era is the video called the behind the scenes on the shooting where you're explaining (laughs) on this movie. You're so proud of at the time where the mask you, the good mask you wanted to use was damaged. (laughs) So you had the shittiest mask ever. And you're like, this is why it's I'll never forget. I I always want to bring this up when we're talking about Halloween, but I never do because I'm always worried you're going to take it the wrong way. But I, I figured, nah, he'd be a good sport about it. If I ever hear you complain about the, the mask in one of the Halloween films, I always want to say, well, Nick, remember when you were making your Halloween film and you say, whatever, mother mask is damaged. What the fuck ever? It's just a mask. <laughs> like, I'm just, that's what you said. Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> I was, uh, I was trying to explain it away. Okay. I was trying to make myself feel better. Um, no, it was a terrible mask. It's the one that I wore on the You Need a Dance Party. Um, I, I still have that fucking piece of shit. And I I got that when I was, like, young, young, man. Like, But, no, that's, that's how big of an asshole my older brother was. The reason I had to use that that day for shooting was because he literally took scissors and cut my mask, like, in through, like down the middle. And I had to get it repaired. Why? And he's a fucking dick. What I mean, did you do to him? No, he was a, he was just a bully. Like he was just a bully. That's just how it was. He like literally always bullied me. He that's just he got off on that. Um, what did Jack he, he literally used to like when I would get mad, and some people are probably gonna laugh at this. Whatever. I mean, I can find it funny now. When I would get mad to make fun of me, he'd be like, "Don't kill me, Michael. Don't stab me in my sleep, Michael. Like, oh, don't hurt me, Michael." When I would get mad, just because like he thought that'd be a good way to like make fun of me because I'm a Halloween fan, I guess. Like, I would just. Right. Put on the mask and just start walking around with a knife. Like, no. But uh, I guess, you know, to him, it was funny. Um, so, yeah, he was just a dick. Um, but, you know, I, I, my my favorite video of that era is the, like, 20-second video of, like, me explaining a scene, I think is what it's called. And I'm wearing a hoodie that is not mine. It's Dave's, ex, Dave's ex-girlfriend's hoodie. And p- Steelers pajama pants that had cigarette burn holes all throughout them. Are you filming and, me? Yeah, and and I was trying to explain a scene. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. I, I definitely was very hands on with all that. I really was. I like I knew exactly what I wanted in my head, and I would. I, I mean, 
they'd get frustrated sometimes because I'd, I'd do so many takes about it wasn't good enough. We got to do it again. It's like, what are you talking about? Like I did, I, I did what I had to do. Like, nah, wasn't good enough. We, we got to do enough. it again. Yeah. It's just, yep. I don't know. Oh man. I had something else I was about to say, but, um, I'm drawing a blank now. I can't well, what, what you were probably going to say is that, you know, you, people are still waiting for the official announcement of the Indiegogo campaign for uncle Jerry three. Dude, it's uh, my brother's been so busy. I haven't been able to. You know, you could raise. You definitely could raise a little bit of money for that. Absolutely, people would people would chip in. My idea is to film it and then do a YouTube premiere, um, on my channel where it'll be a triple feature. So the first one will play, then immediately after that, the second movie will play, and then the premiere on my channel for Uncle Jerry Three. So the premiere for one, like one and two accumulatively it will take like 10 minutes and then the third movie yep. would play but i think that would be a cool idea and i actually have a nice camera now like i use my dslr camera to do my videos now like and it's a i can shoot in 24 frames per second with that so i can give it a, a cinematic look like so i've got a good camera and i could film something but yeah, uh, it's it's taken a life of its own man people would watch it i think uh, yeah if my brother's down, he's a dentist now, man. He's got a reputation, and <laughs> just I don't know if he wants to do it. He's he's always like, "Oh yeah, man, I'll do it." But like, give him a screen, comes, just give him a screen name. You know, don't use his real name. Well, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, the original. He's his name's on the first two. You know, <laughs> Alan Smithy, starring Alan Smithy. <laughs> no, directed by. What yeah, if I disown? What if I disown my own movie? <laughs> my own. My own. My own low budget, you know, shot on video movie, and I disown it and put it out. <laughs> I've got to do it now. I have to do that now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, I. Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be cool. I mean, look, dude. It's like if someone's gonna watch an Uncle Jerry three, they've seen the first two and they understand what you're going for. You know what I mean? Like if someone actually watched that and they were like, "Well, this wasn't a great fan film," it's like. That's the point. Dude, I don't do like, I don't do fan films. I do original. I'm an original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for all you know, Uncle Jerry three can take on a life of like malignant, where it's this original idea that just burst, you know, break. It could be barbarian. It I could told be you, terrifier too. If if we do do it, I was gonna give you some kind of audio thing to record for the movie. Like maybe like you can be the John Larroquette in the beginning, like, <laughs> and I'll have the screen on the front, you know. You could, you'd have to. I, I just, I'd have to get you to record like an audio thing where, like, the following film that you're about to see is an account of the tragedy that befell a group of two jackasses <laughs> in North Louisiana. One man resurrected Jerry from the toilet. Like, you know, I gotta. But you oh, gotta yeah. play it straight. You have to. You have to oh, do dude, it straight. I could. I you know, could do. I could absolutely. <laughs> it's it's easier to do it if I'm just recording something and no one's watching me. Like, yeah, I can. I can do it. It's when people are watching me that I start to like laugh. I'm like, oh god, this dude, is asinine. I need. I you know what though? I, we, I do need to make it happen, even if it's a seven minute movie, just five to seven minutes. Just it's got to be. It's got a, it's got, and Sydney can do like, she's pretty good at doing she did, makeup effects, right? She did do it in part two. She gave Trey the bloody neck and that looks yeah. great. She did great yeah. on that. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I got, I got a, my buddy, Chris, that was in it with Trey who looks like that looks like Trey's brother more than me. If you ask me, Chris has looked exactly like him, 
but he messaged me a while back and he's like dude are we gonna do uncle jerry three like we're all in town right like let's do it so out of the <laughs> blue he hit me up and he wants to do it so i gotta figure out the name uncle jerry three uh I don't know what the, what the, the rise of Jerry, the rise of Jerry. I thought about just calling it Uncle Jerry three resurrection. Yes. <laughs> Uncle uh, Jerry three. Jerry's dead. Like, I, I, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> Jerry, so wait up, hold on, Nick. Uncle Jerry three. Jerry warriors. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Jerry child. Uncle, the Jerry Jerry <laughs> Uncle Jerry three. Jerry reborn. Like there, there's so many great ideas. Like yeah, dude. Oh man. Oh man. I've been. It, I want to do it now just to be able to try to film something with my camera. It'd be fun, you know. I can shoot 24 frames and. Oh, dude, oh my god! You could bring like every every character you ever made in any of your short movies throughout your time and call it Uncle Jerry Three No Way Home, and it could be a multiverse movie <laughs> where they all come in. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. We, we got some good ideas. Oh, by the way, I did want to say something that was uh, prevalent. Uh, I think, depending on when I can leave work tomorrow, because we're going to get absolutely, you know, just butt pounded tomorrow. Annihilated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to be busy as hell all day. So if I can leave work early enough, uh, one of my local theaters is showing uh, uh glass onion uh knives out the the second knives out movie it's getting a limited release this week only and i got a local theater that's playing it and i love knives out so i might go see that tomorrow because cool. it doesn't come out on netflix till december 23rd so it's getting like a month early like i think like 700 theaters are getting like a few showings of it and i saw it on there for tomorrow and i was like oh shit i might go see that did you cool. see knives out i did see knives out i thought it was i thought it was good uh yeah, I thought it was good. That was had a bunch of people in it. Uh, that was the uh, Ryan, Ryan Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I liked it. Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, who Chris uh, is that Chris Evans? Yeah, there, there was a lot mm -hmm. of people in that movie. Tony Collette was yeah, in there. Tony Collette. Um. So I finished that show Mindhunter today, and it pisses me off that I'm stuck at the end of season two with nothing new. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen, quite frankly. Oh, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And I saw people in the comments on the last episode talking about it and how they were pissed that it didn't get his third season as well. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's bullshit. Um, and I got to finish Bly Manor, but I can easily tell you that I like it better than Hill House. Not that I disliked Hill House. I thought yeah, it was but, good, but, but it doesn't it doesn't touch Midnight Mass still, right? Like Midnight Mass. No, that was one of the best. That was one of the best things. I I don't think I ever want to rewatch Midnight Mass because I'll just the I the 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 joy of watching that for the first time, knowing I was watching something special. I I don't want to go back and revisit at least not for a long time. But Blind Manor, I'm digging more than Hill House. I really like the lead, the girl from You. Ah, Victoria Pendretti. She's yes. so pretty. I love her as a blonde. Uh, I love the '80s aesthetic. So I got to finish that. But I, I got back on Mid Mine Hunter, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I'm speaking of which, I'm stoked for uh, you season four in March. I, I'm re I love you. I think that show is so good. I I am one of the OGs. I can say that was watching it when it first dropped on Netflix season one before it blew up, and everyone Me was too. talking about it. Yeah, and. 
it feels good. Feels good to not be on, you know, not have jumped on a bandwagon, mm-hmm. which if you have no shame, but it's always nice when you didn't, you're like, yeah, I knew this was good before you did like, yeah. So, and yeah. I love season three. Season three was so wicked and depraved. Like, so Oh my good. God. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I Sydney decided to watch that because she knew who the actor was that starred in it. And I remember mm-hmm. right when it came out, she goes, Hey, I want to watch this show. Let's try it. So we did. I remember. And uh, it took me a little bit personally to get going. But, but once I got into it, I was like, oh, let's, let's finish it. Let's keep going. And I liked it a lot. So I'm down for another season. Um, Good show. It's just a shame that Mindhunter got screwed over. I mean, I really hope that people just keep going back and watching it just to so they can look at some kind of number. Because Netflix claimed it's too expensive of a show to produce and blah 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 but that's netflix's way of saying we're stupid as fuck with our money we give stranger things 30 million dollars an episode they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah idiots but they make stuff called 1899 who the fuck cares about that like really and and stranger things is fantastic but when you watch an episode of stranger things especially season four that is that is like big budget hollywood movie for every episode like the production design, the production value, it's insane how much money goes into that. And it shows on screen, but right. man, like that's that's where season four cost them over $300 million to make. Over $300 million. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely How ridiculous. do you even get that back? Like, how do you get that back? There's no way you get that back just off of subscriptions alone. There's no way. Beats the hell out of me. Tax write-offs, advertisements, sponsorships. I'm sure that all plays a role in it, but my God. like, And, and then no physical media for it? Like, what's up with that, man? Well, the first two seasons got physical releases, if I'm not mistaken, because I have did. the VHS release. Like, I do, one too. Looks like, yeah. But they stopped doing it. Yeah. Why'd they stop? Uh, Mike Flanagan was on Twitter a couple weeks ago because someone was badgering him about Midnight Mass getting physical release, and he replied to their tweet and was like, "I've asked Netflix dozens of times; they refuse to do it." Like, that's just, their way of getting exclusivity. Yeah, that's why like, Paramount will always be my favorite company. They put everything on physical, everything. Yeah. Screw Netflix, dude! It's stupid. That's yeah, fine, I mean, dude. Get in the homebrew yeah. market. I, you got to just. You have no choice. Yeah, I I know uh, people. I saw it. Um, I saw it at the con we went to. I saw at Scarefest at one of the like uh, stands where they were selling movies and stuff. There was like it was like a bunch of bootlegged ones, and they had Midnight Mass. Remember, I pointed out. I was like, "Oh shit, Midnight Mass." Um, yeah, you know, probably how you got to do it. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm excited to see what Flanagan. Oh, he actually has a new show on there. I got to start watching soon too. Uh, uh, yeah, the Midnight Club. Midnight Club. It's okay. Oh. Um, it's okay. You know, like I, he doesn't make anything bad. I haven't finished it, so like I'm sure it'll get better because Midnight Mass. Although I think Midnight Mass for me peaked at episode four, episode five, the episode where Riley um, takes her out in the boat and they have that talk, and then that shit happens to Riley. Um, that was like the peak of midnight mass for me that that because that scene was like what the fuck that entire that entire episode like they're only talking about death and what happens after you die and like 
life and and it that is like one of the deepest episodes of anything i've ever watched in my life like, yeah but when it was insane when they're all in church at midnight and the door opens and you see the vampire yeah standing there and start true truly i I, w I was almost standing up watching it i was like what the fuck is about to happen and she's also really smart too spoilers if you guys haven't seen it this is your spoiler tag um when she like when the vampire gets her she's smart enough to slice through its wings as it's like sucking her blood because she basically is accepting her fate but she's saying you're not going to do this to anybody else that was so fucking smart like because it could just, just fly away and get to the other continent yep. it just just uh, i mean just it was just phenomenal it was it was some of the best television i've ever seen like i it was midnight mass stranger things season four like those are some of the peaks for me of just like holy fuck like yeah that's how you justify not making a movie like because you see seasons of television all the time where it's like you did not need 10 episodes for this you just didn't no. um and they're stretching those, and there's bs yeah. episodes those types of shows they need that much time and oh, yeah. to breathe and i was just and even then fucking stranger things final episode was like two and a half hours long it was a fucking movie in and of itself but <laughs> But it was awesome from start to finish. That episode, it didn't feel like filler at all. There was so no. much going on. It was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, we really are in a good age right now. We have been spoiled the last few years with, with the shit we've gotten. I mean, just and everybody keeps going, how do they how do they improve in 2023? I genuinely don't Keep know. doing the same stuff, dude. Just let yeah. creative minds create, you know? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean... Why mess with a good thing? If it's working, keep keep letting it work. I'll tell you what's not working, though. Chucky. Nope. Uh, no. I'll take your no. word on that, man. Not working. Not working for me, buddy. It's, uh, yeah. Even Alexis, you know, a very loyal listener of the podcast, she's having a hard time getting into it. Um, and she loves C to Chucky, guys. So she can she can take the weird. But this is different than weird. It's just like, I don't know, man. I I, part of me will still, and we've already, you've already shit on him on this podcast, so fuck it. We've already opened the door. Part of me will never forgive Don Mancini for the fucking temper tantrum he threw over the remake. I mean, get off your high horse, dude. The last thing you had done, two of the last three movies you had made were Seed and Cult. All right? Like, people wanted a new direction. Like, they, they just did. Clearly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Get over it, man. You yeah. know, yeah. but this has been fun, man. It's been fun just chilling out and talking about the pod and movies and TV Uncle Jerry. show. Uncle Jerry. So, uh, I guess this is it for now, guys. We'll be back after the holiday. If you can't uh, tell, Christian and I are both, you know, pretty tired. Yeah. Not that we don't want to be here, believe me. I love doing this shit, absolutely. But you know, um, it was this was just kind of one of those uh, shoot from the hip shoot from episodes, the hip. yeah. And they're fun. I mean, we, they're they're natural. We could keep these going for hours. There's always stuff to talk about. But at the same time, we I feel like the sweet spot has always been an hour and a half, That's unless it. we have a guest on. When we have a guest on, usually two hours is what we do. But mm -hmm. these 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 kind of free form episodes, hour and a half is a sweet spot. It is, but this was fun, man. I needed, I needed this. It's a nice way to cap off the night. Uh, so 
everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, we got. Some, I'm sure we'll we'll cook up some fun stuff in December. Maybe talk a little Christmas horror. Oh, for sure. You know, we did a special. We did a special last year on my channel with Piz, where we talked about some Christmas horror, and then and that did really well. So maybe we'll try to get a little panel going on an episode this this uh, this winter and talk some Christmas horror. That's it. All right, guys. Well, we love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the You Need a Horror Podcast, and we'll see you on the next journey. Have a great night. This has been a production of the You Need a Horror Podcast. You need it, we got it. Thank you for listening.